I'm Haley and Charlie's Nacho Guy. Welcome to Snub Dub. to snub dub we're coming at you live from the cave next to the quiznos with um some pretty pretty special people uh that we managed to wrangle up this one Are we was people wranglers we're pe- no that has some terrifying historical implications, implications. Yeah, yeah. Right. um but we did wrangle these particular people i wouldn't say it's our employment but it's definitely a passionate hobby mm-hmm. um but yeah no we wrangled up a, a couple of talented folk um and uh one of them we wrangled up in Connecticut, of all places, after we, we found the single richest man in the world, and then the richest man in Connecticut. Oh, dude, remember the richest man in the world? I do remember the richest man in the world, and we have him in the studio with us right now. <laughs> so the first person we are bringing in as a guest today is the richest man in the world. Say hi, richest man in the world. Well, that was the richest <laughs> man in the world. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's busy. He's, he's very, very busy, busy being rich. But who we actually have with us is... Um, Charlie and my uh, very dear uncle, um, <laughs> Uncle Carl. Uh, how are you doing, Uncle Carl? <laughs> this counts as me now, right? Yeah, you're All in. Right, works. Oh, that works out. Nice to be back out from the void of existence. It breaks my heart because when I, uh, I first became an uncle, I was 16, and that was when the stage name Uncle Yo started uh, uh, coming up. And ever since he was about seven, my nephew has started to only religiously call me Uncle Carl, and it breaks my heart because he's the only person that can really get away with saying it and really meaning it, but that's family. They never go the way that you tell them to. Amen. So is that where the uncle part of Uncle Yo comes from? Yeah, undoubtedly. I've even had people ask, whom, to whom are you an uncle? I said, my nephew. <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect? They're like, my grandfather, time travel. <laughs> what great Scott. So... Oh, oh, no, no, no. Scott was great. Scott was the best. best <laughs> wait, until, wait, wait until Thanksgiving. Uncle Scott is, whew, he's the slickest. <laughs> uh, where does the yo portion of Uncle Joe yeah. come from? Believe it or not, I'm going to tell you guys something I've, I've never uh, told another interviewer. It is, believe it or not, a derivative Simpsons quote. Really? Okay. Is this a snub dub exclusive? <laughs> we're we're gonna go way back for this one. Okay. Um, very oh, briefly, ears. my sis, my sister and I, uh, we were of the generation that waited eagerly for new episodes of The Simpsons because we were there for the golden age when every episode got better and better than anything else you'd know on TV. But being kids, we never knew the context for which anything was said. Now, one of the original flashback episodes of Homer and Marge's first apartment features little Bart staying over at the Flanders' house. This is the same episode as Can't Sleep, Clown Will Eat Me, Can't Sleep, Clown Will Eat Me. In a flashback, (laughs) Bart wanders the hallway and stumbles into uh, an old relative of Ned Flanders. And uh, she's clearly suffering from some form of dementia. She's wandering the hall. She looks 
a bit like a a precursor to the crazy cat lady that they have in The Simpsons. But she looks up, uh, shaking her head at at Ned Flanders and goes, Hello, Joe! Now, my my sister, who is the funnier of, of the two siblings, the only way I can describe her thought pattern is the letter seven, because that is where she is in the timeline of, okay. of, of of thoughts. She is neither the beginning nor the end, nor is backwards. It is it's harder to tell her her timeline in a conversation than you're talking to the doctor. It's a at the end of state the, of being. It's it's a quantum. So I grew up about the age of fifteen because we we both hate the sounds of our names. Uh, she's uh-huh. Julie. I'm Carl, and no one hears it right. No one says it right. So she just started calling me. She just started going, "Hello, yo, hello, yo." I, that's a Simpsons quote. No, it's not. It's 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 yo, hello, yo. Yo's quicker and easier. No, that's. All right, I'll give it to you. You know what? Just be- just believe your original, but you're mooching it from The Simpsons a la Seth MacFarlane's entire career. Moving on, <laughs> is it would... So once she learned how to spawn, uh, the uh, at the age of uh, 19, I was a 17-year-old uncle. And as I was graduating from college a couple years later, we went down a list of possible stage names. And it was my roommate that said, what about the thing that your, that, that your family calls you, Uncle Yo? And I thought it is... Uh, Uncle Yo is a nice blend that is easy to hear, easy to spell. You can't mishear it. It makes you raise your eyebrow. It's Asian-ish, but <laughs> not not death hard, Karo Neko blood tar, blood tard, uh, whatever Fartron <laughs> or on Hoskar Weeaboo. It's it's Japanish, ish, but it's not Weeaboo. So I went with Uncle Yo. It was quickest and easiest, and it it it, it just worked for me. That's, wow, that's remarkable. I love it. That's like, (laughs) well, I had a very, all right, so I had a weird, similar experience with my, I had a nickname growing up, and I I would never use it because it's too, like, rooted in in bogus crap, and it's also a ripoff of a TV show. My nickname growing up was Doozer after the Ah. Fraggles. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My Um, father always empathized with them as a contractor. (laughs) But it's 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 ironic because I'm one of the laziest fuckers in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, wow. All right, Uncle Yo, what? All right. So, what do you do? What do you do? <laughs> no, we know what you do. But uh, they, the, the listeners, the might. listeners, explain to us what you do. You're you're a stand-up comedian, but not uh, just I, a stand-up. I ask myself that every day. No, sometimes I sit down on stage. It's it's very lovely. Sometimes I can <laughs> I can afford a chair. It's, wow. I mean, Louis, Louis Black, for all of the money he puts into the productions and these huge, beautiful um, um, sets, or, or there was never a chair on stage. And I thought, it's <laughs> how wealthy is he that he can get on HBO, but he doesn't have a damn chair. His knees must hurt. I know what it is. <laughs> I am a, um, a geek-specific stand-up comedian. Um, I, I'm part of that lovely uh, D-list internet celebrity YouTube commentator, if you will. Uh, I'm a live performer, specifically at anime conventions. Uh, At my height, I was doing uh, 20 to 26 weekend-long conventions uh, in a year. And in addition to doing the stand-up comedy where I'm only talking uh, video games or manga or or superheroes, whatever's there in the the geekosphere, now that geek culture is... American pop culture uh, in this this heyday yeah. that we have. Yeah, I've also been presenting uh, fan parody panels. I've also uh, emceed and hosted a lot of 
uh, large bands and fashion shows and burlesque shows. And essentially, I've just stood on stage and been loud until the person that people are actually there to see is ready to go <laughs> or has enough nipple tape that they're secure in their act. Right. So I, you're you're a renaissance nerd. That's a really nice way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, I will I will dabble in as much as I can. Uh, I I remember when I, I when I dove deep into uh, the the Doctor Who franchise. That was right when Matt Smith regenerated, and I was uh, dating a girl at the time who said, "Let's watch this week by week as it comes out, but over the phone." And it was a nice way to bond. But then she said, "Where you really got to start, which is how almost any horrible drug deal goes down, <laughs> where you really got to start." is a bald dude named Eccleston. He's going to he's going to scare you at first, but then you're going to think, "Eh, he's not the worst." <laughs> See, the way I always I had always described the doctors, the 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 modern iterations of the doctors as Eccleston being kind of intimidating, which is what drew you to him in the first place, but overall weird and just kind of inadequate in bed. But then <laughs> Then Tenet comes along, and he's super, super, super passionate and hot and, and real great in the sack and just like a uh, one yeah, the, McDuck type. Just a Scrooge McDuck type. But then yeah, you yeah. realize David actually, he's kind of abusive and manipulative, and you got to get out of it because it's actually a toxic relationship. And then comes Matt Smith with his weird, curvy penis that's just like a corkscrew, and he just comes goofing like his way into your, Like a duck. And he comes goofing his way into your bed, and you're like, I guess this will be interesting and nice and safe, but then you get bored pretty quick. And then... <laughs> Bedtime's then... like a hurricane here <laughs> in TARDIS. <laughs> and then comes the old Scottish angry man where you get to work out <laughs> all your daddy issues. <laughs> God, Taylor. So did Clara so in the second season. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, man. That, Doctor Who, man. So but, what? how did this convention uh, stuff business. start? Yeah. yeah, what's a convention? What? what <laughs> how do you convent? And yeah. what does a gathering what, um, of conventors, what, a convention... What uh, denomination are you a member of a convent in? Uh, I am... Uh, no, I am a pastor with the Universal Life Church, and I, I have officiated many geeky weddings. I did a Final Fantasy one last year, which was just divine. I've done That's a WWE theme wedding. I've done two transgender lesbian weddings. I did a, uh, My first ever was a Revolutionary Girl Utena-themed lesbian wedding. We did several Pokemon weddings. I did a League of Legends one uh, on stage Wait, during a masquerade. Was the ring in a Pokeball at the Pokemon one? Uh, da, 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 which, you know, both of them, uh, to my knowledge, I think both of them were. Okay. I remember, yeah. I remember one of them falling out. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, the thing is, I, be, I only became aware of conventions um, toward the tail end of college. The first thing that we that we were hearing about was uh, 11th grade in uh, up, up in college. I was up in school in White Plains at Purchase College. And uh, my roommate told me that down in New York City is going to be the the um, the New York Comic Con, and we've got to go because the first thing that, that you do, of course, when established companies with something of tens of thousands of dollars in their budget to sell works that they've already made, the first thing that they're looking for is an inexperienced, even uh, undergraduate with a pillowcase filled with 24 copies of his first spec script, <laughs> which is why Spider-Man should be a Buddhist, you know, because it was... It was it was purchased. Everybody had three different hair colors and a didgeridoo under their bed, <laughs> or on top, depending on how their love life was going. So we went around for that convention, 
And I ended up learning about a show called, I ended up learning about Anime Next, which was at the time um, in, I believe, Secaucus, New Jersey. That's yeah, right, Secaucus. Meadowlands. Meadowland. Secaucus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See my, my caucus or your caucus? Take it out to caucus. <laughs> it, when Is I went in... to an anime convention, as someone who grew up with anime being the weird thing, and I had dismissed it. I had once dismissed it in the fourth grade while playing Dungeons and Dragons with a set of friends saying, yeah, oh my God, but anime is so weird. My entangle, by the way, is a 15-foot radius around the Dwarven Spear. It does 2d8 plus my wisdom modifier damage. Anime is such dumb-dumb. It was. When well, I there's went always to an anime another convention. level of nerd. Like right now, Dungeons and Dragons is safe, and so is anime because there's LARPing. <laughs> Um, how did it go from anime's weird, but let's check out this sea caucus thing to, uh, emceeing all of the conventions for a period of time? A whole life, a whole lifetime of, uh, rejection and 6.30 in the morning, um, season and a half dubs. It was between Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z as I was, uh, Mm. just coming into understanding, oh, the thing from Voltron and Ronin Warriors, there's a whole country with this crap. Where there's a source. I gotta start going up there. So as as you talk about with various friends, you start making um you start making weekend plans and an older brother or someone's uh babysitter has a car and you start going around to video stores or or uh, comic book shops and they'll they'll go down into the basement and bring up the cardboard box with all these VHS tapes. So you will find uh Never the the sequential volumes of VHSs of shows you've never heard of or have seen via the amazing fan subbing that was the scam known as China, uh, in which they these these were people translating anime that had heard of English, um, and they gave the old college try. <laughs> heard of it. I've heard of English too. Isn't that the one where you kind of uh... right? That's the that's the one without the concept of shame and right. Right. <laughs> you, you're going from there. Now, I also was a member of my high school anime club. I ended up inheriting my college's anime club, to which I had I had to Wait, host it. Wait, did the previous owner die? <laughs> no, no, uh, she retired. In fact, whom whom I ended up giving the anime club to was a young woman named Kristen, who would later go on to do uh, panels and programming at um. Um, at Kineticon and make that show the tight-oiled fit that it is. Hmm. And the other co-owner would later go on to become a person who who I'm emceeing in two weeks at Otakon Matsuri, a young um, cosplayer named Stella Chu. Hmm. So I uh, I went to school with... Um, uh, with, with those two, it was an interesting experience, but I had to run it out of my college dorm... <laughs> Uh, which was known as the pirate boat because that's where we met when we started LARPing in freshman year. Because we had a 24-7 LARP called Tales of the Dreaming. I played Vathek the Dreamweaver. I had a I had a leather Comedia dell'arte scapino mask and a black hood that my Aunt Cindy had sewn for me when I did a, uh, a medieval superhero film for Cinekid called The Astrakhan. But I also had, uh, I had my claws and I could break down elements and I could travel through dreams. And I, I keep bringing that character back into various uh, stories. I brought him back for my uh, uh, Changeling the Lost campaign that I that I put up for, for YouTube. But yeah, no, I've, I've kind of done it all. Oh, um, absolutely. But then, so this, that was your love of uh, just geek culture beginning to blossom. But then somehow you made me want to be a writer. I'm sorry? Anime made me want to be a writer. 
It's why I took playwriting. It's why I took script writing. It's, I mean, it would have that effect because I feel like on a certain level, you're like, hang on, I need to figure out how the fuck they figured this shit out. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> it's then, so systematic. I'll give you six more episodes and they're going to do uh, they're going to do a martial arts tournament. Bullshit. This is Yu Yu Hakusho. They wouldn't coming up next the Monster World Martial Arts Tournament. Ooh, what? That's that's formulaic as fuck. <laughs> and I I love the kids too who are, who are trying to get me into into younger stuff and I understand like there was a time and place in my life when I needed my Hero Academia or Blue Exorcist or Fairy Tale. And back in my day, it was called Yu Yu Hakusho. I had that at their age. I know and respect that. But it's you can tell when it's systematic. But Fairy Tale's so good. Uh-huh. When's the martial arts tournament? They didn't even get to it because they took a pause and season two is going to start at a... At a... <laughs> martial arts tournament. <laughs> So, wait. Circle of weeb. <laughs> How did you even start, um, like bagging these gigs? Like, and and how did the the stand up slash sit down comedy aspect of this whole thing begin for you? Like, was comedy sort of a through line through all this, and then you managed to find your home somewhere in this this culture, or was it I, like? Because I, I was always wondering... wa- I always wanted to talk. And uh, as a writer, I never got to scratch the performance itch, save for mm. LARPing and the tabletop World of Warcraft campaign that we ran senior year. But I never got to scratch the uh, the performer. I'm really, I'm really two sides of that coin. Is I I have to write it. I want to create something, but I I also want to express and get it up there. Mm. And once I saw that there were superior and inferior panelists, I was chewing my nails trying to figure out. How can I get into that kind of a position? Now, in the early days, Anime Next would just let people into their main event space like one at a time. So you've got a half an hour of just thousands of people coming in one at a time into their room. Mm. What if someone were just up there doing a game or or just harassing the crowd, talking about their co- talking about their costumes, trying to get opposite ends of the room to yell at each other? Or for just instance, re- just lip syncing the word unacceptable. For ten minutes straight while I lying down. I once witnessed you wi- lip sync the word "unacceptable" for ten minutes straight while lying down at DerpyCon, Uncle. <laughs> well, cause I once I did it at uh, I th- I thought you were referring to Genericon, where I I started my show playing that into uh, the various uh, microphones until they started working. <laughs> <laughs> now you uh, I ha- your, your first gigs were at uh, ZenkaiCon, right? Or... Zen- Zenkai and Valley Forge was the very first, and then the weekend after, I went to the Bucks County Community College down the road from my house, imagine my luck, hmm. for a show called ShikariCon that someone had just mentioned to me earlier today, which was, uh, you know, such such memories. You know, I'm, I'm going on a decade this fall, and that, that first year, I did a search for just tri-state the anime conventions, New York City anime convention, oh, there's nothing coming up except, what what's this New York anime festival? So... Uh, I made a demo disc with uh, material I had experimented in front of my uh, club at the time, which I owned, by locking the door, setting up a camera and saying, we're not leaving until you all laugh because I'm the president and this is how this works. Um, really, come, really, when you look at it, I should have been in politics. Uh, I, I just have a great way of taking away choices from people. And, and also, you, you, you definitely You can find like... that video. My ponytail is still out there. Oh, my God. You had a ponytail? Oh, my God. You but can also... find it. 
Another super political aspect of this is, so it just went from, like, ceaselessly trying to book, like, panels at conventions to, like, being invited to conventions uh, and as a guest and, like... Nothing ever invited me as a guest until I was about uh, three years in. But the interesting thing about, especially if you stick to a a region, the Northeast, the Southeast, the Northwest, the Midwest, uh, if you have done the panel at at least one or two other cons... And there, and it didn't end in fire. You can use that as word of mouth credit to get into another show because if you're talking to someone who's staffing at a convention, there's a 50% chance they're on the senior board, they are the senior board, or they end up staffing a bunch of other different conventions. So once you start talking to people who will tell you who are part of the convention scene as either vendors or artists or panelists, just open up your ears for 10 minutes and listen to the various other shows. There are wonderful people from the Midwest whom I have been pitching to shows in the Northeast just to try and get them over just because I want to see them. And I I wasn't given really flexibility or control at shows like, say, Derpy and Zenkai until I was there for four or five years and they just started asking, do you just want to kind of handle this since it seems to work every time? Well, yes. <laughs> do, can I get a badge? Yeah. Ah, sweet. The The whole point of talking loudly about cartoons was a way to get it off my chest, connect with people who had, like myself, grown up with cartoons, and get into a show without paying for it. And so you were the original Tumblr in human form. <laughs> I was far more coherent and there was a bottom. So I would contest that. Oh, please. Tumblr is all bottoms. But <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, so this is your 10th year running the concert. Or you're coming up on it. And um, you have a major thing. that this was, this was my first experience. So I'm new to the con scene. Uh, Charlie has pulled me in. Before... Uh, my experience with LARPing was looking fondly out the window at people having fun with one another while I was sad and being high in my room at college and failing. Um, and I saw these people outside LARPing and I was like, oh, to be to be successful at social interactions like them. Um, <laughs> to be so free to believe so, in me. But um, yeah, so I wound up, it, I went, my first con was... Uh, Big Apple Comic Con, and then we went to Castle Point, and then uh, Connecticon. Oh, Big Apple, rest in peace. <laughs> what a great time. Um, but we, I, I got to see you there uh, several times with uh, Nostalgia Critic, and then also uh, reading your play, um, which I walked into with like a little bit late with zero context, and halfway through actually managed to piece together, like a credit to your writing, I managed to piece together what was happening. From oh, like, of, without uh, a pitch. Sparkle, yeah, sparkle, Princess, Crystal, Crystal Kitty. Princess. Yes. Okay. Um, so you're. I. I. First of all, I love it. <laughs> Second of so all, good. I absolutely love it. And third of all, it's just it's this remarkable sort of meta criticism of the absurdity of shows. And I just want <laughs> you to speak on this, like just like obviously the idea came from just your love of these shows in the first place. Sailor Moon, I'm assuming. And, um, like, but I just want to know, like, what exactly your mind was at while you were writing this and, like, what you're trying to get this, what what you're trying to do with this project. 
Oh, fun. Well, I, as I mentioned before, I'm always trying to write or put stuff up. Um, Charlie's probably familiar with the puppet show that I had put up online, Dungeon Crawlers. Dungeon Crawlers, I made yeah. her. I made her watch it earlier. Yeah, that was, I, that was my reference I at the beginning. I met Thrak before I met you. <laughs> <laughs> Our first encounter was Fozzie meeting Thrak, and then a minute or two later, Charlie met Carl. <laughs> yeah, very good times. <coughs> As I, as I said before, I always wanted to uh, get into writing or be in a position where I was showrunning something or creating something from scratch. And as all the creators out there um, are either going to learn or are willing to tell you, that does not happen until you do it yourself. You need to be the producer you need to see in the world and you need to be the change and the creation that you want to see in the world. Because the only way that you get work done is if you make it from the bottom for yourself and you spring that off as a credit. Now, even though we only got one season of Dungeon Crawlers out, I still told the entire 12-episode story about a fantasy sitcom. Uh, it's the odd couple, but monsters from a Dungeons & Dragons <laughs> campaign yeah. that have to first survive being roommates. That's that's exactly Ugh. how I pitch it. It's the odd couple, but it's the monsters from Lord of the Rings, and they have to get through their days as well as they wait for players <laughs> to come in, try to kill them, and take their treasure. That is their job. So yeah. in the in the scene in the same vein as Venture Brothers, so you had mentioned the the play reading. Um, for a while, I have wanted to do something that both homage and respected um, people people that are my age that are not getting represented uh, in the media. And with this past summer, with Wonder Woman launching, uh, with uh, the Legend of Korra, with the Sailor Moon relaunch, there are positive female role models out there but i wanted to i wanted to tell a story of someone closer to my age in their their uh blah, 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 30s and um <laughs> coming to coming to terms with being a part of the generation x the nickelodeon early days of cartoon network generation that told you again and again you're either going to change the world or you are entitled to change the world and feel like a hero because you helped recycle at some point <laughs> <laughs> Earlier this year, I had the esteemed honor of uh, hosting and emceeing the Sailor Moon Formal Ball up in Saratoga Springs. And once the photos of that go public, there are going to, there's not going to be a dry eye in the house. Mm. This was made by two lifelong Sailor Moon fans, and I got to host as Tuxedo Yo. But the the time and budget <laughs> that people took in, it was a wedding. I'm not even making it up. It was a wedding with maybe 300 brides because every Every girl tried to outdo their own cosplay skills and come up as an even better Queen Serenity or an even better Sailor Venus. Or wow. uh, the, the costuming and the wig work and the content was so gorgeous in this huge space. It showed me that there's a rabid and, and desperately unlistened to demographic that wants to be represented. Mm. So there's a play going on right now off-Broadway in New York City. It's called Puffs. It's 90 minutes of gut-wrenching funny on par with um, Book of Mormon. Mm. Now, mind you, it's all seven years of a certain school of magic and magic from a certain Harry Potter franchise. All seven years told from the perspective of the Puffs. Oh, wow. Oh, it is, wow. It is, it is the honor of being the underdog. So I, I, I was racking my brain. How do I do this? How do I homage and thank and just show and just show that... There's enough credit for just knowing something than creating something. Eventually, I, I, I was coming up with the idea of Sparkle Princess Crystal Kitty of a 15-year-old magical girl 
who already won 15 years ago, kept the powers for herself, and 15 years later is kind of still doing it, but there's no one to really do it for, in a way? What if Sailor Moon were in her 30s, but already beat Beryl, eventually just beat all the monsters? Well, now what? (laughs) And, uh, you know, my generation, we're in a position where there are no jobs. There's nothing unless you create it for yourself, so you can... Mm -hmm. You can work yourself to the bones on your own startup trying to middleman out for something, but it answers the question of um, self of redemption being self-identifiable and your role being something that you have to secede for yourself. Sparkle Princess Crystal Kitty is about a 30-year-old has-been superhero who's forced to get the gang back together and try to rebuild every bridge she burned to prove that she was the superhero in the beginning. Now, so you you saw one shortened version of the play version. Would I love to see it staged? Absolutely. But what I've learned from my degree in playwriting, there's no there's no future or chance of of playwriting. Now you can tank all the money you want into it, and you just won't get it back. The other uh, the other genre or medium I would want to present this story in because it would of course have to be ongoing, would be web comics, which are also dead unless you started up in the late 90s, which was the only time to strike it. So what are my options then? A live-action series? Yeah, good luck with that. I learned that mistake with Dungeon Crawlers. I ultimately see this as my chance to get into video game writing. I want to see the story of a 30-year-old magical girl in a Western setting as a a visual novel. I want (laughs) to... All the characters have their chance to be the lead Sparkle Princess... And to take over the story. Now, my my options end up being, where do I go from there? Because the idea of an out-of-place magical girl, just like any girl who grew up with Sailor Moon, I already had my heroes. My hero was a 15-year-old girl in a short skirt and sparkles (laughs) whose superpower was being empathetic and telling other people that they were worth being friends with, which was a superpower that didn't exist uh, in the 90s on, on television, it's a show that doesn't talk down to its demographic. There are many shows out there for little girls, but it's made by older men for little girls. And it's so hard to find that audience catered to in a respectful manner. I'd love to see it as a visual novel. I'd love to see, like, just a side project where, like, a um, a, a college student from Japan who is a magical girl comes over into, like, a Justice League setting, and they just set her to work the, f- they just set her to work the phones. Well, she's from Asia, so she's clearly going to be good with the computers. You get to be the smiling, friendly face. You're, you're not our... Yeah, that's that's nice jumping and sparkles. That guy's got super strength. That dude can time travel. That dude's got speed. You've got a sparkling cat on your shoulder. You get to be the face of the company. You sit here, and when people enter, you tell them that the uh, that the the kale and cake catering store is the second floor, and uh, the the pet grooming day spa is on the third floor, and the justice force is on the fourth. Think you can do that, little buddy? So I would love that story where she goes to prove herself. There's a scene. There were several scenes I had to not include in the reading of Sparkle Princess. There was the sex scene I had to take out. There was the scene where she's interviewing at a cat cafe for the (laughs) eighth time and failing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why do you want to work here? Because I want to touch the... And he can't say the cats because you already said that. I want to touch the cashier drawer. You want to handle... The money. Uh-huh. 
Well, um, thank you for coming in again. Please, do, please don't try to leave with one of the cats. But I brought my own bag this time. I can't tell you how uh, just honored I was to to get the uh, the cast that I did. The moment my friends uh, it, uh, told me to talk to Kate Macross, I I knew, I knew I had scored a definite win in that because the lead casting is is gonna make or break a reading, and Kate has waited her whole life. <laughs> to scream these kind of things at people. Oh my god, and they were all they were all freaking fantastic. Yeah, and Malcolm got to play a furry animal. <laughs> as Malcolm as got to play a cat. To do. And I mean Malcolm figured it out. <laughs> it was I mean it's just it's a it's a it was such a magical but like the fact that you say like you want this to be a video game, like I would play the I would play the fuck <laughs> I stopped the recording. All right, we're good. I would play the fuck out of that video game. (laughs) Um, Very kind of you. Thank you so much. Now comes the question after 10 years of like, how do you then pitch it? How do you uh, how do you gather those forces? Every new project. And this goes out to all creators, too, especially for uh, uh, from your team running a podcast. Anything that anything that that you do, that's going to be the brand, that's going to be the product. That has to consistently come out to keep and retain and build up an audience. You've got to do your weekly or biweekly or monthly thing up until 10 years before you start to become an overnight sensation. But if you're going to do an original project and you're going to be the only person uh, backing it up or making the phone calls or making up the scheduling, you're you're either going to sacrifice that time and quality into your your weekly project or it's just not going to get up and done. Until you have a, a a set producer or a big name attached to the project, original content, and you'll know this as, as fans of Channel Awesome, does not work. There's a league of critics and there's entire careers that have been found on being um, pop culture graffiti, on being, hey, the thing I just saw, I wonder if someone else just saw the thing I just saw. I just saw it too. Ah, yeah. He saw the thing that I saw. It's, a, uh, it's like a cannibalistic, like auto-cannibalistic masturbatory world we live in of just people being like, hey, here's my opinion. I wonder how many people have my opinion. And, and now like, we're back to Tumblr. Yep. And we're, <laughs> now we're, it always comes back to Tumblr. We do. Um, the thing is, I, orig- original content only has a place if you hook it into an interest. Puffs sells tickets because it is the Harry Potter fandom wank off and appreciation and thank to all people who have loved the Harry Potter books or movies. If you've not seen either or if you've seen both, you will pick up on every little hint and wink at in the script. I I mean, like, everyone here is just like, I mean, everyone in this call right now, we all feel that so much. I mean, Charlie's... Charlie's been doing YouTube for ten years, yeah, and you know, like I'm, I'm probably the youngest one, like as far as a creator in this, because I just f- finally started to get off my ass and do shit, and you know, like this. So podcast... she was immediately thrust into the bleakness of oh, oh god, you... the world sucks. I missed my shot. Um, <laughs> but then you know, and Tom, who's been sitting so kindly in obscurity this whole time, he's working on a goddamn musical right now, a fully fledged fucking musical. Oh, we and... we had a musical. Uh, last year we were working on a ensemble pitch for a, a, a original script Yoko Kano musical based on uh, a lot of her music. Um, we we were we were still uh, working on the rights, so it's benched right now. But we were basically going to do what um, like Billy Joel did with Moving Out, but with a lot of Yoko Kano's songs to tell 
an original story. I was mm. so stoked with the composer that we had, who was a full-on weeaboo that had worked with uh, Nobu in the past. And uh, it, it was unfortunate because there's such a translation error when you talk to the rights holders in Japan to try and explain. There is such a ravenous audience here for this. Please give us permission for this. We want to give you a part of the uh, a part of the the profits or the sales, and and they respond back, "What is America?" Hmm. <laughs> and you you know, and you sometimes wonder. You, 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 you sometimes wonder why it took ten years for the first Pokemon movie to give its residuals to to Japan. They yeah. yet to, they've yet to learn contracts. We've yet to learn how to get a universe. I mean, universally uh, streamlined contract. The closest we have to a system is Crunchyroll, and God bless them for trying. Yeah. Are you are you retiring from the convention circuit? As I announced at DerbyCon last year, 2017 is my uh, it's my victory lap. It's uh, it's my swan song. I'm I'm 10 years in, and the thing is, uh, if it's fun and on the side, then it's all worthwhile because it rewards you for the time you put into it. Mm-hmm. I had a decade to try and build this up to a business model, to build up something more for it to be able to pay for more than itself. And right. it has not worked in a decade. I mean, yeah, you still um, you still have a day job, don't you? Sure. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's more of a, a more of a sunset job. It's a, it's on and off. I've I've worked restaurants my whole life. I've done contracting work for five years with with my father. I've done every intro uh, entry level job that I could try. And every couple of years, it felt like. I had the contacts, and I had the, I had the readiness. I had the experience. I could launch a project, and it could sustain itself, or it could sustain myself, or it could help. God forbid, pay the the sixty five dollar internet bill that I have every week. And after a decade, <laughs> the problem with the plateau, you don't know you're on it until you try to climb up a little higher. Um. So I'm I'm looking to switch careers, going into uh, full time work, and I'm trying to earn back and give back uh, to my wonderful and supportive uh, family and wife and uh, be able to provide for the family. When did you I, get married? This was Labor Day weekend of last year. So is the, beyond uh, just it being uh, clean 10 years, does um, the, you know, um, does the, the, the... Come on, Charlie, you winning, can do it. Just quit. Does leaving the kind of convention going? Haley, hand him some light. tissues. This will be hard. <laughs> okay, here we go, buddy. <laughs> Does this have to do somewhat with you getting married? I mean, the decision. No, not in the least. I was only able. To, we filmed all of Dungeon Crawlers in our apartment. I was only able to take the time to uh, develop the several pitches uh, that I have and have fallen through. The only reason I've been able to have the time to put into these projects is because of the financial generosity of my wife my 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 partner can program in 10 languages and she can get a job working for a bank and i'm lucky if i can get a job waiting tables in a restaurant uh because because that's uh that's where we we stand in our on the market right now and that became the issue of devoting so much time into just being the face and doing all the presenting all the emceeing all the uh, all the work I've worked chair I've worked charity auctions and I've watched professional charity 
uh, presenters who could not do it to save their lives. I've watched interviewers and, pre and presenters at NYU that had no concept of how to talk into a microphone. There's a there's a place for there's a place for the face, and you know what? They all seem to be occupied. And even getting into the con circuit, there is no lack of um, uh, expressive, funny, loud people in any room in a convention. Uh, it is a it's a king of the hill game. And it's 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 only been through the blessing and generosity of so many conchers whom I have duped and tricked over the years and people I've tricked over the years into thinking I was worth listening to, <laughs> that I was able to get into a show. I would walk away from KatoriCon in Southern uh, at, at, at Gloucester Community College or Rowan University every year and think, oh, my God, it worked again. They <laughs> fell for it. I stood on stage and yelled at balloons for 10 minutes, and it worked. <laughs> I never need grad school, Mom. Hmm. <laughs> it's always Mom. How did you get, how did you get involved with uh, the Nostalgia Critic and Channel Awesome? And, and... I never really with them. The thing is, I got out, I got out to Anime Milwaukee um, a good maybe six, maybe seven years ago uh, or so. I still have the uh, uh, the keychain bottle opener that they gave me that year. Now, when I was uh, working, uh, when I was backstage uh, working on opening ceremonies, just from the the ten minutes that, that I'd spent getting with the comic creators from uh, from their place in the dealer's room out to backstage, um, it w was was just proof that there were some pretty popular people there that I had never heard of. I <laughs> I, I don't watch any online presenter or creators material. Because that's how long it takes me to develop my own original content. You understand? Right. So it's a matter yeah. of it, it's it's give and take. It's breathing. How much media can you consume? How much versus how much media you can crank can you out? Create. Yeah. So after opening ceremonies, I got to opening ceremonies to hang out with Martin, with little Karibo, with whom I just hmm. established a relationship a couple of months prior. And then Martin said, we're going up to Doug's room. It's me and uh, me and Spike, and we'd love for you to, to come up and, and be a third and just uh, help out with this video. I was like, Martin's going to go up to a floor. I'm going to follow Martin. <laughs> <laughs> so My Doug response, had, too. <laughs> Doug had no idea who I was, and I had even less idea of, of whom he was. I just knew that he couldn't walk 30 feet without some other kid trying to stop him. So I get up to the room. And uh, we, he pitches the Ponyo thing to me. And as far as he can tell, I must be some high-class New York City guest of fucking honor to be flown out <laughs> to this big show. So he gives this huge intro that, that, that was not really for, for anybody else. Stand-up comedian! Lo, behold, if only he'd known. No, um, it, that, was, it was we, just we a just joy from that. there. We just watched that earlier, which was like we 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 were like we loved your delivery on the whole thing. You were, I, like, you were spitting out like a hundred words. Yeah, hundred words a minute, just like wait, yeah, that's not like, good. A hundred words a minute is not. Uh, hundred words a second. Second, then, uh, different increment of time. But like you were you were just like rattling off shit about like oh, it might be a little overrated. I mean, like with the greater political landscape of the things that are in other Miyazaki films and such and such. And this one seems to be a little bit. And then he's like, really? No, bitch. And then you just beat the shit out of him. Um, the stage, right. the staging's all dug, but I, I improvised the first time and then we did it about, I want to say two more times, but Doug works incredibly fast. He is an editor at heart. Mm -hmm. So he writes for the, he writes for the cut. That is the joke. He directs for the cut. That is the joke. 
and uh, just so he can edit it and crank it out as fast as he can. He is he is a wizard uh, at editing. Um, so from right. there, it, it was uh, he, he, he was so generous. Like the the first hour or so, then we all go out for dinner. We exchange phone numbers, and really just left such a good impression. And the years go by, and I start to learn he is he the sincere thing. The character right. is uh, the character is Daffy Duck dialed up to a hundred percent, and <laughs> Doug with is with the movies being bugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he is uh, slap happy, slapsticky enough, and exaggerated and expressive enough to get the the Warner Brothers cartoony and violent approach of it. It's 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 all uh, it's all sex and violence, and that is exactly what what sold Warner Brothers as long as it had. Um, I didn't know uh, I was playing with fire at that point but i mean a couple a couple years go by then they pitch uh dragon board to me and i was in one of those t- uh, one of those years i was trying to get stuff off the ground and didn't have a day job so i flew out to chicago for a week uh uh met met the family finally got to hang out with uh with rob and the and the team prior to it this was even before they had bought the studio proper so we right. do the we do the fifth anniversary uh movie uh Fewer people watch that than demo reel, and we just kind of kept um, in relations to them. You can hear uh, you can hear Doug and Rob on episodes of uh, my last podcast, We Are the Geek, but you can also hear Doug reprise his role of Yimbroth for an episode of Dungeon Crawlers with uh, he and Thrak on the phone, and they're kind of phone sexing, <laughs> but they're also kind of like live LARPing because the idea is the, the idea is Yimbroth misses killing a monster with his sword, so they're just explaining it out like it's like it's phone sex, but it's not. <laughs> it's monster sex um yeah. but and then that takes me on to demo reel which I, I that was probably like it was a weirdly emotional episode too like it just because it was you know based on a very emotional movie but like the whole the whole situation you're you're but like you managed to give it such levity with the, the lines like um so if i go to a comic book convention i'll tell jokes about batman but if I go to an anime convention, I tell jokes about Batman. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Like, I just, I, I absolutely adored your performances and all of those things. I think you're a remarkable, remarkable performer, extremely talented comedian. I've seen your stand-up. Um, but uh, unfortunately, we have to go to a quick commercial break. So when we come back, we can talk more about your stand-up and particularly probably your cats. <laughs> um, and... Uh, yeah, but let's go to a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with more Snub Dub, only on uh, not a on, network. On the internet. On the internet. The only podcast. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be right back with Snub Dub, the only podcast. Yep. After this commercial break. <sighs> you feeling tired, man? I'm feeling tired. Man. You know what I could really go for right now? A mascot busting in and pitching a product. Man, if only a mascot would bust in and pitch a product right now. Well, hello, kids. It looks like you're about to engage in sexual intercourse. Uncle Yo! That's right, kids. It's me, Sheik Lord representative himself, Uncle Yo. I know how <laughs> I know how tempting it can be to uh, to get the old wick waxed uh, every once and once and again. But have you heard of this new form of sex called not? What? what not? That's a really good question. 
But kudos, but kudos to you for having proper grammar and knowing when to shut that off. Yes, not. We've rebranded abstinence in a way to guild both male, females, and all non-binaries into bumpin' uglies. Why? Because we're dealing with overpopulation issues. Yes, not. Simply by access, simply by putting on the not specialty chastity belt, the over the the over the head Mormon anti-sex poncho, the shapeless <laughs> flotation raft, and by putting up the not gesture by putting your hands up up over your shoulders while thirty feet behind barbed wire and some feral puggles, you two can experience the joys of not yes not get Call the 1-800-N-O-T-N-O-T-T right now Don't since i've tried not i've not sex sex not not and for all oh. you practicing bestiality now's not the time for the not <laughs> it's not so you know what not tonight dear Side effects might include uh, erectile dysfunction, <laughs> erectile function, wet dreams, and extreme loneliness. <laughs> so say yes to not. <laughs> All attack planes in attack position. We're moving in. <laughs> the feel-good military movie of the summer. <laughs> oh, man. Godzilla's here, but that's a copyrighted character. <laughs> Quick boys, get him. <laughs> All of our houses are on fire. How inconvenient. Oh, that's so wacky. <laughs> no. Jeremiah, quick, grab a bucket of water. It's not working. Our three friends are spending the summer together. In airplanes, while Godzilla attacks. <laughs> Rated R. This summer, try friends, try fun, try plane. <laughs> from the Academy Award, from the Academy Award producers of Suicide Squad. <laughs> comes, comes, comes the comes the sequel to Seth Rogen and James Franco's Emmy Award winning. Fart jokes and pot. <laughs> I'm going back to college. Hey. Why? <laughs> Triplane. Rated, rated R. This Halloween. I'm out of candy. Well, why don't you go to the store? <laughs> Welcome back to Snub Dub. Um, <laughs> we've had a really fun commercial break. We, I really like that commercial for store. Store do you shop my there? Favorite. I do shop at store exclusively. Uncle Yo, uh, you're in the, uh, you live in what what borough again? I believe it's uh, outer outer Sea Caucus. He lives in outer Sea Caucus. Uh, do they have store there? They do have multiple store out here in the safe neighborhood of, of Brooklyn, also known as Queens. Yes, store. You'll never know you'll never know what what the person behind the cashier drawer is angry about, but they'll never tell you. You won't be able to identify their accent or whether it's your or their body odor, but store will be there for you. Come see what's in store for you. <laughs> Huzzah! You know what they say. You remember what Shelpin says on the Big Bangus theory. Bazaar, Bazaar Court. 
Uh, Welcome back to Goofums R Us. Um, yeah. No, no, this, this is, is a, Snubdub. This that was, is Snubdub. That was just a Goofum. That man. was a Goofum bit. Uh, Snubdub is sponsored this week by Store, and um, we're really happy to have uh, the cashier from the East Pennsylvania <laughs> store outlet. Uh, Tom, if your mic has been muted this whole time, I swear to God. I swear to God, Tom. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, this is Dung Ramsey. From the East Pennsylvania branch of Store, coming uh, to talk to us about his uh, his his experience uh, being a cashier at Store. <laughs> yes, it is a pleasure to be here. British Snake Dung Ramsey, everyone. Um, Dung, we've heard a lot about you, but uh, I wanted to take the time to inter- in- introduce you to. Uh, our uncle. Our uncle. Our dear, dear uncle, Yosef. Um, now, Another uh, nickname my sister uses for me, believe it or not. Wow. I might just be your sister and not your niece, but um, here's... Uh, so, Dung Ramsey, care to explain a little bit about your uh, yourself? Your, your, see, uh, Uncle Yo here is a big fan of manga. How do you feel about that? Well, you see, manga is a blight upon society. It must stay in the freezer at all times. Uh, Uncle Yo, do you have any manga nearby right now? Oh, as a matter of fact, yes, I do. Uh, what I'm what I'm holding on to is a reprint of Osama Tezuka's volume six through seventeen of Astro Boy, including his award-winning story for Pluto that just got remade. So yes, where would you suggest I store all my original Osama Tezuka manga? That, that's gotta go, gotta in, the go in the freezer. How else are you gonna make a manga smoothie? <laughs> you gotta get those mangas nice. nice You're gonna take my priceless manga and turn it into paper mache? <laughs> no, a manga smoothie. Mamma mia. It must be punished for containing words. You see, uh, Dung Ramsey here, who is a real person that he's impersonating, this believe a, it or not. This is a real person. Human being. This is that, a real human being that exists. That Tom has met and is emulating. Uh, how, would for, you, how would you like a new job working uh, working the face and communications for the White House, good sir? I think you <laughs> have the attitude and the people skills to really thrive. Uh, now, Dung Ramsey, I am coming to store for, for, the, very first, uh, for the very first time here uh, with... Uh, with with my niece and or nephew. Now, I, I hear that there are a lot of activities for children to do in store. There used to be the ball pit. There used to be the uh, puggle blood ring. What what entertainment opportunities are there open now for families visiting in store? Ah, yes. We have many wonderful programs, including coat making for goats and coat making for two goats. Well, if that doesn't get my goat, what will? Uh, Dung Ramsey, do you still offer those night hacking classes so I can get into those pesky barn doors? Oh, yes, of course. It's very simple. (laughs) Would you care to explain how to hack into a wooden barn door, Dung Ramsey? Well, you see, all you must do is gather your computer. Sit in front of Wait, the Wait, gather, gather my computer. Is it a bu- is it a bunch of scrap pieces of computer that I just bunch up in my arms and dump at the door? I mean, if you're running Linux, <laughs> it's called home brewing for a reason. Get with the times, Newegg. <laughs> oh, I can't. 
I can't. Uh, <laughs> so continue, Tongue Ramsey. All you have to do is. <laughs> I remind you once again, Uncle Yo. This is a real this person. This is a real person that Tom has met. He's real. To for for more information, listen to episode six of Snub Dub the Musical. Um, I can already hear his neck beard scratching against the microphone. <laughs> can you can we get a little can we get a little close up on that, uh, Dung Ramsey? Yes. <laughs> you see, okay. all you have to do is take out your computer and press the button and wait. The button. Bu- <gasps> right, my oh, here it is. Hack. Precis- I did it precisely. <laughs> That will be oh, done. I Dung never Ramsey. knew. Now, Dung Ramsey, I am very aware that store offers a lot of uh, upward motivation and upgrade and upgrading. A lot of places for uh, I- improvement within your store. Could you talk a little bit about the chain of command in a regular store? If you're going to hire a teenager for the summer, what are their possible future employment opportunities within store? Ooh, this is a tough one for Dung Ramsey. <laughs> There are many opportunities for young children here. They may drink coffee in the cornfield at 3 a.m. They may clean up the fecal matter of goats. Oh, yes. (laughs) And many more. And many more. Not to mention there's also HR, night security, and general manager. Yes, night security to keep out all those pesky Amish BDSM cultists from graffitiing up the store. Not to mention all those caffeined up 3 a.m. nervous children standing in the middle of a cornfield <laughs> waiting to pick up goat feces. Because I, I don't know about you, but that would make me nervous at any age. <laughs> Indeed, sir. Well, Doug Ramsey, thank you for stopping by the studio. Um... Now I would I would escort you out uh, by force, but it appears that you're sort of just slithering away. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right then. Well, uh, British snake, actual person, Dung Ramsey, everybody. Uh, that was a, a wonderful little experience. Carl, what do you think of Dung? Truly an American hero. Uh, I mean, they say that beauty is only skin deep, but considering this man sheds his skin uh, <laughs> on a nine-monthly basis, you'll never know or find truly the core like a jawbreaker of humanity, uh, like like an onion that you don't want to bite into because you can see the outer layers are brown, but you're still really willing to not drive out to the store and grab another onion. So you just decide, fuck it, I'll case it of this shit. I've got nothing left to live for. It's a long weekend. Let's start it off with food poisoning. That's him. That's our dung. Oh my goodness! You seem as though you spoke from experience. Oh my god! You're saying that just reminded me of when they ate ice cream off a table. Wait, they ate ice cream off a table. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, we have more layers here of the Doug Ramsey story. So Doug Ramsey was in fact, well, his name was Doug Ramsey. He grew up next to Tom. He was the creepiest person ever. He had a fetish for seeing get uh, goats shit on the floor. He punished his children's manga by throwing it in the freezer. He tried to hack into a barn door. And apparently, wait, tell me the ice cream table thing. I need to. Isn't hacking into a barn door just called opening it? No, 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 open it with a computer. Okay. Who sets up that much on a barn okay. door? Who no one. The gold in a barn? There's one map. Who keeps, 
There's one man who believes that barn doors contain the technology that can be hacked. His name was Doc Ramsey. (laughs) And he's a real person. So, okay, you walked in on Doug and his children eating ice cream off the table. Okay, no, that's not the whole picture. The whole picture is they told me to come in. Oh, God. They told me to come in. I walk in. They have a table. I'm going to say roughly the size of the average, you know, nuclear family dinner table. And the table itself is just covered in this maybe vanilla flavored ice cream and they're just grabbing scoops of it with their hands and shoveling into their mouths and half half filled mouths are saying what it is great wow um at least they were like hospitable and i mean neighborly question mark they were very neighborly uh dung repeatedly asked Tom to, to uh, uh, join him in the cornfield at three, at in, the three morning, in the morning when he would drink his coffee. Right, and presumably watch goats shit. Yeah, he um, did enjoy that. He did. He did enjoy that. Our <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doug. Indeed. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we did say something about him talking about his cats. Yeah, we did say something about talking about your cats. Hey, hey, Uncle Carl. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Hi, Uncle Carl. Hi, Uncle Carl. Yeah, you see, Uncle Yo seems so weird and friendly and wonky. Uncle Carl is the is the punchline to so many bad Jeff Foxworthy jokes. Uncle it's just, Carl. Un, Uncle, un, yeah, exactly. You can always say it with that accent, and it'll always work. That's why I was so mad when um they they named the kid from um uh, Walking Dead Carl because I knew his whole storyline was gonna be developing sociopath. Got to be developing <laughs> sociopath. Few things ever, few good things ever really come out of a Carl. Okay, now what about, so Carl is sort of the um, Germanic version of the name. However, I... The name Charles, the, yeah, Charles, which Charles is... Charles is my name, so now I, you have to I know, I know, but, but here's the thing. Charles is Old English for, and I shit you not, a man. A man? It's not even, it's not even a name. It's a descriptor. <laughs> It's a it's a to to be named later on. It's just to, it's just to confirm and to yell at the mother as she passes out from syphilis. Congratulations, Mrs. Corkray. It's it's a Charles. Go back so, to sleep now. So wait, are you telling me this call consists of two people just named man? Yep, just you know, we're we're having a blast. Two people <laughs> named man, one notes. named Hayloft, and one named Tom Dickbuck. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right, your name is Tom Dickbuck. That's true. <laughs> well, we got quite the little group going here. Ooh, two mans and a dickbuck walk into a podcast. Two mans two mans a transgender and a dickbuck. And dick the buck McElroy walk brothers into a make millions. Yes, I've heard that one before. <laughs> Oh, the Mackle boys. So, no, but tell us about your cats. Tell us about your cats. What's the deal with Uncle Yo's cats? What's the deal? (laughs) Motherfuckers. So the deal is, uh, I mean, the deal is that they keep, uh, they keep us up bright and early, and it's, it's, it's getting more difficult to uh, get sleep in the morning. So, as you know, there, there is an ongoing, um, never truly satisfied bromance between uh, my nervous black cat. His name is Morty, uh, mm-hmm. a la Rick and Morty, and we voice him somewhere between um, Hank Venture from the Venture Brothers and an adolescent Hank Hill, in that he's very nervous, he's v- he's very freaky, but he's also very uh, sure of himself and of the facts. He is a fruit cat, he is obsessed with apples and raisins, grapes, and all other oh, things. Oh, I thought that you meant no he was g- into, like, musical theater. <laughs> um, anyway, to, to kill he, animals. He watches cats. 
Yes! No, 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 I mean, my last, our last cat, Epi, would sing along with you, especially during mealtime. I had him open my old podcast once by screaming, Day Cat, meow, fighter of the night, cat, meow, champion of the sun. He just knows that if I stop moving my mouth, he can move his mouth. And, uh, and, uh, about, uh, 18 months ago, we, we picked up, um, we were gonna name him Trash Cat. <laughs> then we were gonna—I was gonna call him Doof. And uh, we just decided on Murder Face because he, as a as a territorial marking, would urinate on everything the cat owned. Uh, her suitcase twice, and then her side of the closet, uh, her side of the mattress. Murder Face is in <laughs> desperate love with me and hates his roommate Morty. Uh, he chases Morty. <laughs> around all the time, and it's so reminiscent to my time in high school of just the jocks charging the nerds. Get out of here, nerd! Get away from me! I'm gonna... So Morty jumps up on the counter <laughs> between all the nendroids and all the dramatical murder figmas that Cat has bought over the years. So Morty jumps up to be with the gay anime bros while Murderface sits on the ground. Someday I'm gonna bite you. Someday you're <laughs> Murderface loves... He loves shoes, and he loves slowly and intently blinking at me in a really creepy, almost Uncle Carl-esque way, like he's about to ask me, hey, how's, hey, listen, listen, do you, uh, do you want to watch goats taking a shit? It's a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, meet me in the cornfield at 3.30, grab a coffee, don't bring the other guy. Oh, my God. So it's, your, will... it's your very own uh, Dung Ramsey cat. Yeah, I mean, that's Doug they... Ramsey's fursona. <laughs> my, it's not a will... goat. My no. condolences for that thought ever crossing your mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. It's a goat, but his ass is a spigot. <laughs> Open up. It's the new Valve yep. logo. <laughs> After all these times, portal up. <laughs> uh, so uh, Half-Life but... confirmed, um, but... Here's, yeah, okay. I mean they they attack each other, and unless unless we're all on the couch, they're gonna harass one another. Now, both the boys prefer that you sit on the left of them while they smush up against you on the right. It's a cat defense mechanism. They like being under something. They like being compressed. They don't like having their backs open to things such as their roommate constantly stalking them just to just to bite them. <laughs> so a roommate named Murderface. <laughs> named Murderface. It's in his damn name. And so uh, so if I'm sitting on the couch, one of them will take to my other side, and the other will slowly unapologetically either crunch next to him or the other side of me. So my ass is not only magnetic, but it is Switzerland. It is the place where peace can exist. <laughs> you heard and it here, folks. Heard it Uncle here. Yo's ass is Switzerland. That's it's like the, the only place where peace can exist. I'm sorry. That just it's sounds also like... full of chocolate and Nazi gold. That just sounds like a movie <laughs> tagline. <laughs> this fall, Uncle Yo's ass is the only place that peace can exist. And then it's just everyone in the world desperately fighting to get to Uncle Yo's ass. Yes, I've seen Yuri on Ice before. It was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to give to give you guys a little special thriller. So I have been pulled in for Otakon to be part of a late night panel with Manly Battleships. They've been trying to get me on for years. And they have asked that you describe as weirdly as you can one of your favorite hentais. So I am going to be describing the gayest thing I've ever seen, uh -huh. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> but but the only thing I'm going to put up on the PowerPoint are screenshots of Yuri on Ice matching up to my descriptions of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Brilliant. To confuse everyone. Beautiful. Oh, fantastic. 
They um, don't need to. They don't need to get the joke. They just need to know that there is a joke, <laughs> <laughs> and it is their suffering. And that is, that's comedy. That's comedy. That's goofums. <laughs> Oh. Goofums 101 with Professor Uncle Yo. Professor Uncle, Uncle Yo Carl. Professor Uncle Carl. Um, <laughs> so, Professor Uncle Carl, um, can you tell me how to comedy? Is this still one of the commercials, or are we doing the We're Back on the Podcast proper? We've been back on the We've podcast. We've been back on the podcast. How do you comedy? How do you comedy, Uncle Yo? What's the secret? There is none. There just, you need to get as terse as humanly possible. Okay. And then even even more terse. You have to get your idea out with the setup. Then right. you need to reverse the expectations in some way that your audience is ready and aware for. I get up and I say there's no way Dragon Ball Z is gay because it's it's a about a bunch of muscle, muscly, yeah, macho men ripping off their shirts and glowing blue and glowing red and playing volleyball with a bunch of blue balls and putting on matching earrings so they can fuse <laughs> like their 15-year-old sons and you know, rubbing... Oh, wait. Balls <laughs> is in the name. The thing, it's it's a reversal of expectations. I mean, I had a co-worker ask me what my sign is, and as a nerd comedian, I'm clearly going to say the bat signal because she was too young to get the Thundercats joke. <laughs> Woof. Um, I, you, you know, I start with the, the longest possible version of a monologue, and I start looking and waiting for the smallest, shortest lines to come from. And then I shrink it down to just those two or three short lines. So somehow five minutes of punching and shadowboxing my way through darkness comes up with two or three, maybe five lines. They end up getting boiled down into two lines or one line. Very frequently, especially in the summer, I just have long, unfiltered things to pour into the audience as I'm just trying to get it into a uh, into a, a, a terser format. The mm. goal is you want to be, you want your jokes to be Twitterable at best, and the guy who does it best for anyone's money is Jim Gaffigan. It's mm. so tight. It is so terse. Not a word is wasted. It's like a John Patrick, uh, it's like a, a John O'Shaley script. And he works clean, which is just remarkable. Um, the, I have such respect for, for clean comics, and it's just, ugh. Um, but then, uh, John Mulaney does a very similar thing as well. He'll, he'll, all of his words are very, very, very particularly placed. He, he, every, every beat is measured out. He accounts for laughter. He accounts for people thinking that the joke is over, and then he'll come in with just a one-two at the very last second to mm -hmm. just cripple the audience. Um, I mean, Mulaney to Mulaney to his credit, excellent joke writer. I and I really tip my hat for someone who's only working the meta of the show. He's not someone I would ever want to see live. I would mm -hmm. want to see a comedian like Sinbad live, who just comes on stage, all smiles. And if you ever watch anything that he recorded back in the '90s, he had no set material. Right. He just got on, talked about what was on his mind, and worked with the crowd in the room. And every performance was catered to those people in the room. The same guy, the guy who does it great right now in the geek uh, circuit, rapper Mega Ran. Mega hmm. Ran will step off stage, walk through the audience, and live rap about shit that people are handing him. <laughs> and make it rhyme and keep it in the beat. It's 
it, it, it it's like it's like facing a semi as it comes at you. Just the 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 talent and the skill alone is you can't wrap your head around it. Oof. It's too good. Yeah, that's pretty phenomenal. But has he ever um, rapped about someone's head? Yeah, people have dragged over bald people to him. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, in fact, I remember this. This was a TechoCon in uh, Pittsburgh. Talk about my friend's head. <laughs> Talk about my friend's head. Well, there you go. Talk about my friend's head. Uh, it was a totally you... normal head. It ended with a body shitting out at the bottom. <laughs> Can you talk about my friend's head for a moment? <laughs> when, I first, when I first met Haley's head, <laughs> I was stunned by the smoothness of it. <laughs> I was surprised by the density, and I was humbled by the true hollowness inside. For you see, when I first met Haley's head, it was 1969. <laughs> she and I had just been stationed on a motorboat somewhere in the deep jungles of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. We were going to go, we were going to spend two weeks on a deep undercover mission trying to recover Marlon Brando's acting talent, which we believe he left to sink at the bottom of the river at that time, along with his, uh, yeah, his third double bypass. And you see, Haley was the cook at the time. Haley told me, don't get off the boat, to which I said, holy crap, talking head, this is crazy. <laughs> Why don't we uh, go back to this moment through our flashback powers? <laughs> Holy crap! This is weird. Colonel Colonel Haley's floating head. Yes, Corporal. As I stand here, manning the gun, watching the sunset over a land that never asked for our presence, shames us to be here every day. And spends and spends hours sending tiny mosquitoes to kill us and poison our blood. I can't help but wonder how do you change from sunglasses to regular glasses? Oh no, that one's actually that took me a second to figure out myself. Uh, but uh. it's actually a complex system of uh, levers. And, no, I'm just kidding. I flip them in with my mouth like a badass. <laughs> I understand. It's so brave of you to stick your neck out here, given. How you lost your body in the last helicopter barrage. I mean, my neck's oh. the only thing I can stick out anymore. Well, my tongue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you giving me a thumbs up or a tongues up? I can't tell. Uh, it depends how you treat me, big boy. <laughs> Depending on how this mission goes, I'm looking forward to going back and dealing with my unfunded gov- government-sanctioned post-traumatic stress disorder treatment, <laughs> which, of course, won't even be recognized and known as a problem for another 20 years. So and there goes 20 years of sitting on the New York subway and just yelling at puzzles in the air. I'm, I'm looking, looking forward, forward to, to giving you head. <laughs> man, uh, we all had some good times together, Yeah, huh? back in Vietnam. Oh, man. man, I have no bad memories of Vietnam. I have no memories of Vietnam. That's very interesting. Probably I have no memories healthy. of be- I have no memories of sobriety. Yeah, that would do it actually. Sobriety. Sobriety. Hang on. It's a hat. Sobriety. She's the third unspoken princess in My Little Pony. Friendship is magic. Oh, sobriety. What lesson can you teach Twilight Sparkle today? Get out of my fucking face, you whore! <laughs> Princess, Princess Larity, you're even cruder than Uncle Carl. Ever see a goat take a shit? That's, that's where the real magic is. 
leaves Discord all over the floor. Oh, God. Oh, my God. And here to have a wonderful conversation with sobriety, uh, <laughs> that would be our good friend Sonic the fucking Hedgehog. Uh, because uh, when fandoms collide, Tumblr ignites, and that's the kind of shit we feed off of here at SnubDub. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, please introduce yourself to sobriety, and we're gonna watch. <laughs> hey there! Way past cool! Nice to meet you! Oh, God, what are you? <laughs> you ever see a centaur when it hooks up with a satyr and then goes uh, elbow deep into a kraken? Holy in my nightmares! Yeah, yeah. Welcome to, welcome to Alabama. This is the, <laughs> this is where family matters. Uh, similar situation to that. I um, when I first went to see my brother down in Tennessee, when I first crossed state lines into Tennessee, I stopped at a gas station where I saw a man get one of those little water cones. You know, the little cones that you pour the water out of the water cooler into. Uh huh. Um, I saw him grab one. Look at the re- the cash register lady, cashier, I think they're called. And said, uh, hey, can I have one of these? And she was like, yeah, sure, I don't care. And so he was like, thanks. And then he walked outside. I got a Dr. Pepper, and then I went back out to my car. As I went out to my car, I saw him filling the cone with gasoline and drinking it. And I was like, welcome to Tennessee. Let's go. That is a man who has given up or lost a bet or won the bet, even worse. I think, oh man, I hope I get to drink some gasoline I, today. I, Ooh, who should I bet? I believe on this? a picture of his face drinking gasoline out of the co- out of the cone is Sobrarity's cutie mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see you noticing the tattoo, Sonic. Let's uh, you know what? Spin around. Let me see what your cutie mark looks like. Please and give me a slap while you're at it. Please don't look at my ass. DeviantArt can't uh, get tired of it. Yeah. Uh, Neither Sonic. can I. I don't know why you call your little buddy Tails. I mean, that little thing you got sticking out there goes fine. So, I mean, like, you're blue, you're fast. Are you some kind of, like, a like a pig or a fairy? Like, what the fuck kind of animal is this top-heavy and wears shoes? Well, I mean, technically I'm a hedgehog, but most... Bullshit. Hedgehogs don't wear no sneakers. Hedgehogs don't wear sneakers. No sneakers. I've seen a hedgehog before. It ain't got no sneakers. They got no sneakers. No hedgehog. And it certainly weren't blue. What? You got a blue girlfriend and a blue little window? Jimmy Tony. Jimmy Tony. That's uh, that's enough. Let the uh, let 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 the first owner speak. I apologize for for they're my boys. They're there to watch the door, keep everything safe. They're here to you know lube the tentacles and sometimes keep my shoulders wet. I can't reach back there without a stick. Listen. That's a job. <laughs> listen very carefully. Uh huh. I, I can't wear promise. Sh- I wear shoes because if uh-huh. I take them off, they will come. Wh- who's gonna come? Who's gonna come? Who's gonna Who- come? Who's gonna come over here? Wait, the the deviant artists? They're gonna come? The Are they gonna come if they see your feet? <laughs> you have no idea. Uh, let me ask you uh, about the the rings you seem to be uh, holding on for dear life for. Uh, what is the deal with the rings, and how many of those could maybe I trade off for you to pierce one of my 18 nipples? <laughs> I, I lost g- count. I can't touch my back. I will give you all of them if you never uh. ask me to do that again. Oh, wait. Actually, me and Joey here are going to do a quick nipple yeah, count. Yeah, we're going to do a quick nipple count. Uh-huh. Uh, let, me, let me lift one. Uh, John, there we go. God, one I can't look away. Uh-huh. One. 
And uh, ready? grab Four, grab the right knee. Right. It's been a while. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, no. yeah no. Okay, all right. Oh, a little. Okay. All right, oh, you are at exactly 19 and 19. three quarters. Yeah, you're going a new one right now as we speak. It's miraculous. Oh, I'm going to take a time-lapse uh, photography session of it. Yeah, can you it. do that? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I would love to stay in this position. Let me just one more thing. Just going to flex my, uh, my kneecap wings here. Okay. Hey, it came in! Oh! Congratulations, you have 20 nipples! It's a nipple! It's a nipple! I'm gonna name it Charles. Charles. All right, Blue Boy, I need to ask you, do you... What have you learned about friendship? (laughs) I've learned that the more friends you have, the worse your Uh games sell. (laughs) But the more nipples you have! Ho! Ho! Games off the shelf! (laughs) Flying, so, flying off the so shelf. So by the sobriety. I want game. you to, uh, I want you to come a little, little closer, my friend. Uh, don't, don't bother running, Jimmy. Lock, lock the door. Lock the door. I got it. Consider it locked. All right. Oh god. My friend Sonic, I gotta, I want to tell you something about friendship. Oh, you god. will never, you will never appreciate the people in your life, while they are in your life. You just get busy. They get busy. Do yourself a favor. Physically show up at a friend's house that you've been wanting to talk to for a while. That spontaneity, that's where that memory comes from. When they're gone, and you will lose friends along the way. You will sell out. Hell, you might even be DLC for a game of Mario Kart one of these days, and they still won't give us Sonic in the latest Smash Brothers. But collecting friends is like collecting chaos gems. You never know where you're gonna find them, you have no fucking clue what their purpose is. And it's freaky when someone is always surrounded glowing yellow with all seven around them. I don't know. I think it's radiation poisoning, but maybe that's just the nicotine talking. I mean, You owe it to your friends to be a good man. I think you're a good man. I respect that. I respect you only having two legs and what I can only assume is one eye that seems to be non-connected by a single eyebrow in the center. Thank you. Your head looks like a motorcycle helmet. I don't understand it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's... That, was a, that was a surprisingly real moment from Sobrarity the Pony. Who's apparently been around the ringer a few times, and we're going to go right back into that inferno. But first, we need to take a quick commercial break. Hi, kids. It's me, Snibbly Wigglebottom. Let me ask you, have your young girls fallen into the hype and the cliche of defending the world against monsters that appear once a week at 4.30 on weekdays, defending it with such shitty appliances such as love and peace and shit like that? Well, it's time for me to tell you about the Magical Girl Rehabilitation Program. Let's hear a couple of testimonies from some of our recovered magical girls. I used to have the ability to shoot rainbows out of my eyes and make things beautiful. But then I realized this would be much more practical in the fashion industry. I used to have the ability to shoot rainbows out of my ass and make everything dirty. Then I realized it would be better in the fashion industry. (laughs) 
I used to be a princess and I realized you make so much more money being a queen. That's right. At our Magical Girl Rehabilitation Program, we have such programs such as the Sugar Detox. And if, if they won't get rid of their scepters and mascots, then we have a custom de-sparkle wood chipper that they're more than welcome to back that ass up into. Also, our custom teenager flypaper. Make sure that they stay inside and stay cynical. It's it's really just a repurposed hot top. It's smothered in bubble tea and, and taint sweat, but it'll get the... It'll get the goal rolling, I'll tell you that right now. So check in, Magical Girl Rehabilitation Program, because little girls, it's weird. For a limited time only, every member who joins up within the next seven days will get a free box of Pocky. What are you kids doing inside? It's a beautiful day outside. We were sigh singing, Dad. You wouldn't understand. It's yeah, harmony. Wait, let's 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 hit him with a with our old favorite. Yeah. <sighs> the audience is listening. I can't get over how well you guys are syncing up on those millennial sighs. Where, where are you getting that kind of energy to be so blasé? Uh, maybe because, uh, the fucking... <laughs> You're stupid. Shut up! Shut up, you don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know me, <laughs> Uncle Carl. <laughs> I'm gonna go cheat on your mother. Wait. Our uncle? Our uncle's gonna cheat on our mother? Wait, there's this so is much some Hamlet this. shit. This is some Hamlet shit. Wait, hit him with the monologue. Oh, what a rogan peasant slave of mine is not monstrous to this player here. In a fiction, in a dream of fashion, can force his soul to his own conceit, and yet I am, yeah. <laughs> See you what? Know what? He knows My his thoughts and prayers Bill. to heaven go. <laughs> Creaming's uh. grape soda, because all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back! Um... So that was a wonderful com commercial break. That's over, but uh, <laughs> I, um, I'm hankered for grape soda. But we're still here with Sobrarity and Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic becoming increasingly traumatized. Sobrarity becoming. Oh, don't forget Jimmy and Tony. Oh, Jimmy and Tony, who are in the background. Uh, hey, yeah, yeah, hey, I, I forget about them all the time. Come on up, boys. Tell, tell them a little bit about yourselves. Tell them about uh, about oh, how oh, you ended up working for okay. me. Okay. Uh, we have been working for Sobrarity for uh, uh, about two years. Two years. Uh, uh, we coming this November. This November, and uh, we started. Mm. We started two years ago when uh, we saw a job opening mm -hmm. uh, in the uh, news, in the newspaper. We decided on a whim to read the newspaper. <laughs> on a whim, we were like, "Hey, it's like the internet, but if the internet was written on paper, it's and amazing." It, like smelled like ink. It smelled like the ink. internet doesn't smell enough like ink. Have yeah. you ever noticed that? I don't. The internet doesn't smell like much except like Dorito dust and regret. But it's uh, it's it's definitely it's, it's some lucrative work. It's honestly. some lucrative work. I mean, we do a little body garden. We uh, do a little, little gardening. We uh, we, we wax right. off I the tentacles. I bought you from Princess Luna. That that is correct, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, we were just trying to spice it up for our resume. Yeah, we were just trying to add a little things. We also do barista work. Um, uh, nipple counting. Nipple counting. Nipple piercing. Um, nipple a counting. Nipple that's, a uh, counting. That's you know each the financial of, dealings of, of. Well, each one of Sobrarity's nipples has its own credit card. In order to keep up with all of her massive debts, that's they also true. each lactate a different liqueur. 
Which is remarkably Ooh. tasty, I'm not gonna lie. Which For is, such it, a repugnant monster, Also this, a weird thing to do Sonic, get down here. Let me, let, let me show you yeah. what a Grand Marnier is supposed to be. Ah. Sonic, why don't you, why don't you have, uh, some, some, some liqueur? Some Grand Marnier. Some of that good, good orange-brown shit. I love it. Sonic, just gra- just, just grapple onto that teat there. Right there. There is no god! <laughs> hey, that's true. <sighs> And then uh, that I'm gonna play that sound effect that Sonic makes when he gets hurt of the rings falling. <laughs> it's gonna be hilarious in post. Oh, uh, I so, can't wait for post. So, Sobriety, what? Um, why? No, I'm Wh better. Why than Why are you? I'm better than this. What? Where? Why? You're you're uh, not, you're you're so not. You you wanna be? But I remember I did buy you. That's true. It's true. That's true. Um, so. Sobriety. This is this is Haley. This speaking. is Haley speaking. Why do you call yourself Sobriety, or why were you named Sobriety? If you lactate, if liqueur. you lactate liqueur. Well, it's a bit of a pony contradiction. You understand? I mean, right. we got ponies out there that just fit the theme. Like we got that one bitch, Diamond Tiara. Like her fucking name, Diamond Tiara. Hmm. She fucking yeah. wears a fucking diamond tiara. Right. Her cutie mark, guess what, is a fucking Paris Hilton wearing a diamond tiara. Right. right? Every now As and everyone then, knows. Well, every now and then, some, some ponies, they mess up. They they look at their kid and they say, oh, it looks like this pony's going to be a little sparkle bit of sunshine in our life. We'll call him sunshine. And before you know it, he ends up racking up a bunch of debt and running a heroin ring beneath uh, Manhattan, Manhattan. So, uh, you know this not, guy. Yep, yeah, so sunshine don't really, uh, yeah, have a good bitch to see him too. So sunshine don't really, uh, a big array of sunshine for his parents, you know. So, Sobriety, so, so where are you living right now? I'm living under a massive hut that is uh, currently leaking like hell uh, due to the rain. Uh, not every princess uh, gets a castle. I mean, there's one, the two Wait, sister you're a princess? princesses. Princess Sobrarity, oh, absolutely. So is, this, is Whoa. so is this hut a pizza? Your majesty. Your majesty, what an honor uh, to, have to have royalty on our on our podcast of all things and the please, podcast please, where i start please. reciting shakespeare yeah. randomly um wow uh so 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 you so not all princesses get castles so you're living in a shack that leaks badly where is this shack located well, pretty much the outskirts of uh, Ponyville. I mean, uh, the closest neighbor I have is Zakora, but she she don't come here no more. Uh, I made oh. a lot of, uh, you know, my sense of humor gets a little gray sometimes, and she couldn't decide whether to be offended or not. So we really met each other in the middle. She leaves me be. I uh, I I let that cunt do her own shit. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's just it's, it's fucking uh, friendship, really. You know, so they kind say, of so they say you live in kind of the 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 of Ponyville. Yeah. How close is it to? How close is Ponyville to New Jersey? I've always wanted to know. Based on the smell, I would say uh, two X's up the turnpike. Oh, all right, that's not bad. I would say that. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, you become a princess uh, when you a have a horn, which you know, look down. That's that's it right now. But that Ooh. is, I can direct it. I can make it swivel. One second. It's a me... it's a girthy horn. It's definitely <sighs> a girthy horn, it, which is that's that's what they say. You know, counts. Re really, that's what really does, does it. Does the, the, the magic? That the is. magic. You know, one of them may have a dragon, but if this thing's dragging on the ground, I'll tell you right now, you're gonna notice that's a princess. You're gonna see Whoa. it in the tracks <laughs> I leave. Yep. Oh, uh, you, you ha, might want to keep you. Ha, ho. That one. Oh, yeah. 
All right, we also double as hype men. Um, we are hype men. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the person you've already been speaking to, but we're just coming to introduce now. So, Brarity! The princess of oh. the outskirts of Bodyville! Who exits up the turnpike? Is this like wrestling um. now? <laughs> yes, and uh, with us <laughs> as her opponent. As, who's going to wrestle uh, Sobrarity in her own little hutch that she lives in. Is. Oh, I don't, I don't know if my hips are gonna take that, but I am ready. I am ready to roll, baby. Hey guys, it's the voracious fandom versus the voracious fandom. It's Papyrus versus Sobrarity. <laughs> oh I've been nursing my scotch nipple since noon. I am good to go. <laughs> All right, let's watch this unfold in audio format somehow. So it's gonna be a wrestling debate, um, <laughs> and the subject at hand is fandoms. What's the deal? What's the deal with fandoms? Uh, first, who we haven't heard from yet, Papyrus uh, Undertale, I believe is your surname? Yes, I do believe that is about as correct as you're going to get, which is completely wrong, but allow it! <laughs> okay! Uh, pa Papyrus, what's the deal with fandoms? What's the deal? What's the deal with fandoms? Well, you see, the thing about fandoms is, they are people that love you very, very much, and then they love you more. And then they love you more and you take a step away. And then you love you more and they you run even faster. And then they love you so much that you must leave immediately. And then you can't leave and you scream. And then you scream louder. And the next morning you wake up and you don't know where you are. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rest in peace, Markiplier. It was fun while it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brarity, do you have a rebuttal or anything to add uh, in mm. this debate? Uh, Mind well, you, Sobrarity, you're in the pro fandom category here. Now that Papyrus oh, very much has so, taken very the much anti, so. and I have uh, I have 34 rules about uh, entering a fandom. Uh, All right. One one is uh one is be kind be kind to the lotion and uh, and bring yourself a potion. Always use a lotion. Always make sure there's there's consent. Start off with only one finger teasing around if necessary, and make sure make sure that both hands are at least in in plain sight. You don't want anyone to be sneaking off to anything like that. Second of all, there's a little thing you can do, like make a shadow doggy with your hand. A little shadow doggy with your there you go. Uh -huh. Now bend back the other finger. Uh huh. Then oh. just ram that at them for a while. Face, groin, it don't really oh, it don't really wow. matter. They, oh, they'll shit. find a they'll find a place for it. You know, if there's not a hole, internet's gonna make it. So you enjoy the bronies then? Oh, I absolutely love it. I mean my pie couldn't get any pinker with the beating it's taking. Woof. It is um, a rarity I get to sit down without the hemorrhoid donut these days. <laughs> That's fucking remarkable. Um so, What's remarkable is I can't uh, I can't understand which one of us is the fake Italian, the uh, Princess Pony from Jersey, or uh, you know, uh, uh, Papa John's over there. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, back to Papyrus. Your next question of debate regarding fandom: body pillows. Yes or no? Well, you see, my body is made of bones, so I cannot imagine it would be very comfortable to sleep on. And yet, people do. Interesting. So, uh, how does this make you feel? Does it transmit to you as a fictional character? Uh, does every time a uh, a an Undertale homestucker uh, hugs their their, their a, sinner. Papyrus, a sinner? I'm sorry, a sinner. Every time a sinner 
hugs their papyrus body pillow. Um, yeah, I get a new set of uh, kneecap wings. Check that out. Oh, <laughs> swimming <Whoa>. in them. <laughs> That's it. All right. Uh, <laughs> papyrus, do you feel it? The, the kneecap do, wings, do, that do, is. And also, do you feel the body pillows of you that are being hugged? Does that transfer to your actual sensors on your skin? Or bone? Skin sensors. Bone. Bone sensors. The easy answer to that question is yes. The hard answer that to that question is yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Papyrus has taken an anti-body pillow uh, stance, arguing for body pillows, princess sobriety, sobriety, sobriety. Get it right. Sorry, you fucking prick. Okay, I'm sorry, Jimmy. I'm up for hug pillows. I'm up for neck pillows. Honestly, at 450 pounds, I will take whatever soft, fluffy thing is larger and softer and fluffier than myself. I mean, if you look at just my my fupa area is like a bean bag you would get from Yogi Bo. This thing is unrelenting, unreliable. It's horrific. So you're just pro pillows in general. You are not particular about what is depicted on them and what their intended well, purpose yeah, is. Well, yeah, she's one sixteenth pillow on yeah, her father's one, side. Look, uh, you, you sounded a little I mean, that is not incorrect. One sixteenth pillow You sounded, no, no. The the, the interview is oh, this yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. show. You sounded a little anti-pillow. You know, that is part of her heritage and she's very proud of it. All right, all right, boys. All right, all right. It's uh, it's uh, it's mommy's mommy's turn to talk. All right, mommy. Uh, in, all an, right, mommy. in answer, uh, in answer to your question, um, I am not drunk enough, uh, to care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. Papyrus, what is your opinion on fan-made musicals? Well, you see, this is one portion in which I will change my tune. So no, actually, you have already come anti-fandom. This is how debates work. No, but let's yeah. let's hear him out. Okay. Well, you see, the thing about fan-made musicals is they allow characters that we love very much to sing and express new ideas. Some of them that work, some of them that might not, but still, I don't feel them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I guess you have to come anti-musical here, uh, Princess uh, Sobriety. The deal is there are a lot of bad seeds out there, and sometimes we try to wrap up this winter, sometimes it comes up too quickly. No matter what, if someone's gonna hand you off a glass of water, it's up to you to find the music in use, so long as it is not dealing with copyrighted characters owned by the, uh, the dragon lawyers of Hasbro. They will find you, they will flame you, it will burn to sit down. Look, I, I'm on three hemorrhoid pillows right now and two oh, wait, of them are wait, not with, even with, on with, a butthole we're throwing in a fourth hold on hold on we got you there you go boys oh boys blessings is, be upon you that is technically you. a papyrus body pillow but we think you know tomato 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 hey papyrus how you doing i'll crush them in both ways this feels wonderful ah uh, there we go I, all right I'm gonna start I, rubbing against this, this i am good. enduring as much as i can uh-huh endure so, this I'm gonna body slam this pillow right now on the cage. Oh no. Ah. <laughs> and that's when it becomes a wrestling match. And we then it became it. the wrestling match. Well, everybody, I think that's our show. <laughs> but uh, before we go, a moment of silence for, for Sonic the Hedgehog, Papyrus, and all the manga in the freezer. 
We're singing a different song. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind. Pipes, the pipes are calling. <laughs> I think that's as good a segue as any to plugs. Uh, welcome to plugs, everyone. Woo! Today we're taking coaxial plugs, cables plugs, plugs, and plugging plugs, them into plugs. inputs. We're gonna try to get some free cable up in this bitch. Um, so, Uncle Yo, uh, can I call you Uncle? Can I call you Sweet Uncle Yo? <laughs> You, you may indeed, sweet child of mine. But where do we go from here now that we have nicknames? Wait, can I call you Unka, yo? Like, like I'm a nep, like I'm a nephew duck. No. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Sweet Uncle Yo, uh, what do you have to plug right now? What do you wanna? What do you wanna get out there into the zeitgeist? The the tweets, the 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 YouTube channels, the projects. Uh, hopefully, you're not in the projects right now. I hope things aren't that dire. But uh, I, I, I want to know what you have to I play. can see them from my apartment, and they are looming and ominous. <laughs> this <laughs> coming weekend, closer. Uh, <laughs> this coming weekend, Saturday the 5th, uh, Saturday the 5th of August, I'm going to be performing at ColecoCon, which is in the convention center in lovely Edison, New Jersey, the weekend after. I have two things. Uh, no, I have three. I have four things I am doing at Oticon. Check out the uh, Uncle Yo Facebook page for when the stand-up is, the uh, final performance of Magical Girl Magical Girl Boot Camp, as well as my spotlight in Manly Battleships' uh, uh, late-night hentai panel. Otherwise, I will be emceeing and hosting Oticon Matsuri the whole weekend long. All right. Um, and... Uh... I'm gonna put links up to all of your all of your social medias and all of the things that I can find. Do you have an Instagram? I am not on the Instagram because that's uh, that is the exact weight of a hipster's opinion. <laughs> do you have a, do you have a MySpace? I just found my MySpace this morning after not touching it for eight years. It is <gasps> it is the Pompeii of the internet, the Pompeii of the digital age. I had a ponytail back then. Oh, that's remarkable. Everyone go to Uncle Yo's MySpace page. Now, is your, does your pony's tail look anything like Sobriety's? <laughs> Not nearly as many colors, uh, but much more puffed. I have very aggressive French curls that are starting, starting to come back now. So oh it's more like if you've ever taken, like if a raccoon jumps on top of a sheep, gets confused, starts trying to dig his way out of the sheep, gets stuck in the sheep, and the sheep decides... Yeah, we got a good thing going, and just kind of carries it. That's about the texture that my hair gets after another quarter inch. And um, so check out Uncle Yo's YouTube, his Twitter, his and, ponytail, and try to see him live because this year is Custer's last stand. And oh uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I've waited ten years to drop that goddamn pun, Custer's last stand up. And then Haley dropped be it. Worth it. <laughs> Did I just take it? I'm sorry. No, no, it's so it's totally fine. I'm 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 pimping every show with that title. Yes. So, oh, so beautiful. Watch his, so watch this Uncle Yo plays Custer's Revenge live for his final show. <laughs> oh God! Are you gonna play Custer's Revenge? live for your final show can you please what is what is your final show that's a really good fucking question um 
uh, end of the year, I'm back-to-back at both DerpyCon and Anime NYC. Now, next year, uh, it's going to be 2018, I have booked for Toracon up at Rochester. It's, uh, it's my partner's alma mater. They've treated me so well over the years, and I wasn't able to go last year. Uh, so they were lickety-split at contacting me saying, well, can we at least book you for 2018? Will you make that exception? And it's it's an exceptional show in Rochester, so I absolutely will. All right. You're gonna play. You're gonna play Custer's, Custer's Revenge. Revenge? <laughs> I mean, it'll it'll be it, it, that wouldn't be any less self masturbatory than the rest of my stand up anyway. I talk about my cats for ten minutes now. I love your cat bits, but um, okay, I'm, I think we need to go to Rochester. Yeah, we gotta go. Ooh, cause I mean, and yeah, wait, and we're also gonna be at DerpyCon as if, well. If it's the year after your retirement, then that really is Custer's Revenge, huh? Yeah. Oh my God, it's gonna be Transformers Six. <laughs> the one after the uh, last one. Transformer Six. Bumblebee finally screws Megan Fox. Oh yes. fuck! They, they Isn't that what they've been building up to? Six movies. To six get to the... movies to finally get to the one ship we all love. Like from the moment the movie started, I was like, okay, but when's the boombox one gonna gonna bone the pretty lady? Well, he talks in this last one. He talks. He talks. Oh with his fuck! Real voice now and, I gotta go back and, and, he and says, see it. But after movies. I'm your friend. <laughs> Sounds like Homestar Runner. <laughs> yeah, but Optimus Prime, I'm your friend. <laughs> and Optimus Prime goes, Holy crap! Just just get out of my house! Get out of my place! So, so is Homestar Bumblebee or Megan Fox? Both. So, uh, Tom, what do you have to uh, have to say for yourself? What oh, do you want to promote? Oh, well, golly gee, there's this thing I've been doing for two years, <laughs> and it's called Undersong. And it's Undersong? Undersong? What's that? And it's an original musical based on Undertale with over 40 original tracks. And Haley, recently yes. cast as Metaton. I'm the lead one. No, no, you have to. You, that's not <laughs> that's Metaton's a, voice at all. It's a me, a Wah Metaton. Metaton. But if you go to youtube.com slash recorder dude or look for Rec D. You can find. Um, uh, by the way, YouTube just changed their their shtick so you can change your URL even if it's not the original one. No, you no, went no. You see, that's the problem. There actually is already a rec D on YouTube, and I don't think they well, have any. Well, fuck problems. him. Yeah. Fuck him and his stupid ass. <laughs> he has a stupid ass. Like, I'm sorry. Someone had to say it. His ass is stupid. Ass Incredibly is stupid. stupid. Um, Uncle, Uncle Yo, Uncle it's Yo. been amazing having you on. You are yeah. you are as quick as Sonic. Perhaps. Yeah, you're, you Sorry, Sonic. Gotta go fast. But, um, no, honestly, while you were talking about, like, you know, uh, being a creator and making your way to, the, like, making your way up, um, like, having you on is, like, a big milestone for, for us. Like, you're, like, a real person <laughs> with, like, a real thing going on. And we're just these fucking You have idiots. painfully low expectations, and I love you for well, it. Well, you're the first person who anyone's heard of that we hadn't already previously had in a million other videos. Yeah. Because so like, we had Malcolm on, but, like, Malcolm is in, like, everything I've ever made. You're our first, like, genuine guest. And you are a guest rather than just, hey, do you friend of mine, we're going to call you. You have to record yourself. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. Um, uh, my, my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Z slash helicopter. Your SoundCloud? My SoundCloud is, uh, soundcloud.com slash 
Snub Dub podcast. And this is the first Snub Dub we've recorded after it's been uh, approved for iTunes. Yeah, approved for iTunes. So this is, you know, you can find us on iTunes. I'll put the link to the iTunes store. You can just search Snub Dub in iTunes and subscribe to us there so you can get all of the stuff downloaded to your iPhone instantly. Also, we're on Podcast Player, um, which is an app for Android that allows you to get all the podcasts that are on iTunes. Uh, we're everywhere where you get your podcasts from except Spotify because who listens to podcasts on Spotify? <laughs> uh, um, I'm... I do, but <laughs> so... Spot uh, does. Spot does. <laughs> Uh, Spot loves Spotify. Spot. That's the new commercial campaign, I think. It is. Um, and uh, Charlie's uh, YouTube channel is, is youtube.com slash... Sla- well, I'm going to change it to youtube.com slash VA now that YouTube allows that feature. Right. But um, so... yeah, I'm VA if you search it. I do a show called Real Time Fan Dub in which we kind of take things we love and without rehearsal or a script try to... Us, you know, play the characters and make the plot go correctly, and it usually doesn't work, but it leads to some pretty fun improv. Uh, Uncle Yo, I'd love to have you on that sometime um, if you're willing. Yeah, we actually have this idea to do demo reel with you as Uncle Yo, of course, <laughs> and Malcolm as Donnie Dupre, and me as Tacoma. You have your expectations set even lower than I gave you credit for originally. That sounds like a great idea. Oh, no, we constantly, like, we got popular through, like, Gravity Falls and Steven Universe dubs and uh, Oren High School Host Club. But we're constantly doing things that we know our fans don't care about because, like, it's my show. It's his show. And he stopped trying years ago. He stopped trying so many years ago. He he stopped trying the second that he stopped voicing Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's been our show, everybody. It's been that's a been wonderful life. This has been my favorite episode of Snub Dub. I've laughed harder in this. And I mean, I guess that's what I get for getting a comedian on here as talented. He, what are you, as, a f- fucking comedian or something? What are you, a, what are you a clown? Hey, hey, clown? hey, tell us a joke if you're such a comedian. Hey, you want to hear a joke? Yeah. Pussy. Oh, you get it? It's, it's been an a absolute pussy. pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on, everybody. <laughs> All right.